Hey everybody, welcome back. We're the Mentorers, your bi-weekly-ish look at the world of Jews and sports. Gabe, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing very well. Um, apologies if there's any missed audio connections. I'm currently out in the fresh Muskoka air at a cottage with my child, my sister and brother-in-law, my parents. It's a real family affaffair, the whole mishpucha. Our, our, our now remote correspondent doing some on the ground uh, sport fishing stories from the beautiful Muskoka Lakes. Exactly. Region. Panama was not enough and now I have to go find some trout at the Lake of Bays. Do you guys fish at all when you're when you're out there? No. Is your brother-in-law a fisher a fisherman? No. I feel like he, he might be an angler. No, we're not a fishing crowd. I think I could probably convince him to fish. Um if like I yeah, was you, like gonna... you'll eat the salmon but you won't you won't smoke it. Exactly. Gonna go fishing, but yeah. we, we haven't done any fishing up here. I also don't really like like I'm not I love fishing and I'm happy to go do it. I'm not really one to set it up. You know, I'm more. I I feel like, yeah, you would go if somebody did it for you. Yeah, I probably said this before, but I, I as a vegetarian, I'm not really uh, into fishing from an ethical standpoint. But I do really like the idea of sitting in a boat and quietly drinking beer uh, for like six hours. Sounds sounds like a lovely way to spend an afternoon. It is. Um, Except it's it very yeah. very hot. Yeah, that's true. Um, well, I hope you're enjoying your your uh, time off, your much needed, I'm sure, vacation. I'm sweating it out in the in the big city, uh, waiting for my time off at the end of the summer. Uh, but let's get into it. Let's talk some Jewish sports news for the last few weeks. We should say that later on in the episode, we have an interview coming up with uh, three athletes uh, from the upcoming Maccabiya Games that we're really excited about, and. We will be diving into that, and I'm sure giving everyone some much needed Maccabiya content over the next few weeks. From the from the Canadian delegation, I don't think they've left to go to Israel yet, but they're sort of right. on the precipice. Yeah, the games games cut starting in in about three weeks, and you mentioned before the show that they are the third largest uh, you know international sporting event in the world after the Olympics and the they are what was yeah. second the Panamanian Pan Pan American Games. The Pan American Games are are just past, and the Maccabi are huge. But with you know ten thousand global athletes sort of going to Israel for the week, you've been to Israel. Michael, our producer, has been to Israel too. Do you think the Israeli border guards are like at all impressed with those athletes that come up? That's a good question. I, I, I assume the Israeli border guard attitude, um, which is tends to be relatively surly, is probably not not very impressed by, you know, the super fit people like dragging, uh, you know, sports equipment or giant right, bags like, full of oh, uh, uniforms and stuff like that. I'm here at this global, you know, competition to pole vault and they'll be like the the border guard goes, yeah, OK, fine. Where'd you go to Hebrew school? Yeah, what what was this week's parsha? Like, yeah. why are you Jewish? What's your mother's name? Anyways, they will not be impressed. But uh, we'll we'll save the Maccabiya talk for our guests. Um, let's go through a few things that have been going on the last few weeks. Uh, right after we published our last episode was the NBA draft, and I think that was a, a thing that Jewish sports fans and all sports fans, NBA fans, were keeping an eye on. But one thing people wanted to know was whether uh, Yeshiva University basketball star Ryan Terrell was going to be drafted. The entire NCAA's um, leading scorer, Yeshiva University, yeah, Ryan right. Terrell. Exactly. And uh, he is not he's not drafted in the NBA draft. Um, he was recently injured. Uh, he's not cleared from that injury yet and is not playing summer league. So the most recent update on it seems to be that he's weighing his options about next year, um, potentially playing in Israel uh, or playing in the NBA G League. Uh, either of which would be you know, a great league. place to be a stepping stone. Yeah. The G so, League or the Gimel you know, League? His journey, his NBA journey is not over, certainly. It's just, uh, you know, he would have been a second round flyer probably for a team. And with an injury, it makes it, it makes it harder to sort of gauge what his value is. So I understand this why. One, uh, one could even say that this is his wandering in the desert. He, God is currently offering him a rock that he can get water from the rock. 
He just has to have faith. Yeah. So we'll see what the we'll see what that uh, you know wandering in the wilderness is. Is it is it uh, you know playing for the um, for you know the Reno Valley Mad Ants? Is that is that where yeah. where you find mana? I would try to remember what an NBA G League team uh, sounds like. I feel like the Sioux City G League team is the like most funny sounding. I, uh, the Sioux Falls Sky Force is is a pretty good like this is a real league team name. I did you know? read today that the the Clippers used to be like named after their town, and they're just becoming the Ontario Clippers. So oh, yeah? there's going to be like multiple Ontario, Ontario teams if the Raptors 905. I guess they don't really have a, a location other than 905. I don't know what it is that makes some minor league teams sound like such minor league, like so Bush League, but like Columbus River Dragons, you would never be able to convince me that that's like a real team, like like a real, um, you know, top level I pro mean, league team. These are incredible athletes and they do play in the Gatorade League. Yeah, I, that's true. Though if, if, that's true. If Ryan the, Terrell, the G League is becoming much more of a thing. Larry, if sure. you're listening, if Ryan Terrell gets signed to Raptors 905, I think the Mench Warmers would be happy to welcome him with the trip to Bagel World. Absolutely, we will. We will definitely take free tickets to go to the Paramount Center uh, to cover uh, to cover Ryan Ryan and, Terrell, and we will show him all the sites yeah, of Jewish Toronto. We'll sit. We'll sit in the window at Doctor Laffa, and any religious Jews in the neighborhood or Raptors nine hundred five fans can come up and say hi to the yeshivish basketball player. Yes, absolutely. I wonder if Brampton has a Jewish. Yes. This is an interesting question. I, I, yeah. um, I, I, may, I maybe a discussion for, for Ralph Ben Murgy. And I say this yeah, because someday. she is a listener of this podcast. But the mm-hmm. rabbi we consulted about my son's mikvah is a rabbi in Brampton. Ah, there you go. Um, moving on, one more NBA-related story is uh, we should wish a hearty muzzle tub to Kevin Love, who got married to a Jewish woman. And, a big muzzle uh, tub. Some Jewish geography, uh, actually, here. Uh, uh, Kevin Love's, I guess, new sister-in-law. Went to university with Jamie and I, so uh, yeah, we should say his his, his wife is is a Canadian Jewish model and uh, uh, influencer, I guess, Kate Bach, yeah, um, a, from Vancouver, big, and they live in New York now. I'm gonna make this about myself and ourselves. Sure. So a big mazel tov to my friend Anna, who I have not seen in ten years, on the on the there wedding of her sister to an NBA player. Yeah, there was a great picture uh, that his wife posted of Kevin signing the ketuvah. So, you know, a pretty Jewish wedding for a mixed wedding. But, um, I also you know, obviously that... Kevin embracing embracing the Jewish community to a certain degree with that, with that side. One, one of many uh, NBA stars at Jewish weddings content that we seem, seem to have. For some reason, that's the crossover that we're getting. Shaq, LeBron, uh, Charles Barkley, all these guys have been to Jewish weddings in the last few years. Notably, uh, been to Jewish weddings in the so last few years. So, we've talked about this before, but... You know, if you're an NBA player and you get put on the chair, you're lifted so much higher than the average person who gets on the chair. Like your whole life is one. Yeah, life. right. But like, I would assume LeBron was at the wedding there. They won a championship together. Oh, I, I would abs- I absolutely do not think he was. <laughs> no, zero chance. Fine. Zero chance. He does not like, I don't think he likes Kevin you don't Love. Think but I will say that like. Whoever was lifting like six ten Kevin Love in a chair was probably also you know in the in the six and a half to seven foot range and yeah I'm sure they got pretty high. So that's in one that chair. and two they got married at the New York Public Library, which is both oh, very extremely nice. glamorous and extremely nebbish. That is that is very uh, nice place to get married. Um, I should say that you and I are, are emceeing a wedding at a public library next year. That's which is very, a good time very to true. to plug that. 
a good time to plug that. Uh, the mentors are available for events. Uh, any any mitzvahs going on? Uh, any any Jewish community events this summer? Synagogue, feel free to feel free provided to, to, to deliver. We can be trusted upon, relied upon to deliver a meaningful um, high holidays sermon. Uh, we can't really provide anything related to the the prayer, but we can interpret it and explain why it's similar to, say, the Boston Celtics Los Angeles Lakers rivalry told between Pat Riley and uh, Red Auerbach. Yeah, that's right. And I, I should say, uh, I, I have now looked it up, uh, and apologies to LeBron James, who I assume is listening to this podcast. He did attend Kevin Love's wedding. Yeah. Kyrie, Kyrie Irving, the other uh, you know mainstay of their championship team, was not in attendance. So yeah. uh, Serena Williams is there, Steve Nash, Russell Westbrook, but uh, not I'm Kyrie. LeBron so, and Kevin Love are friends. Um, I, t- I, I take it back. Again, apologies to LeBron. I know he takes offense to things like this, so I apologize to LeBron. <laughs> Please don't, please don't aggregate uh, just the part where I where I insult LeBron <laughs> aggregators. Um, <laughs> I, I wonder how many uh, moving people on, have ever sorry, like, assaulted yeah. LeBron. He's like, if if he was Jewish, I think Jewish people would consider him a literal god. I mean, I think he's not Jewish, and everybody already considers him pretty much a literal. That's a good god. point. In in the scheme of like you know modern celebrities, that's a good like point. That. I, I don't know. You know, he's he's a very beloved you know world world renowned figure. Um, other Jewish sports news I want to mention: um, the uh, Wimbledon Oof. tennis tournaments are going on. Wimbledon, Wimbledon, uh, Most of the Jewish competitors have not done uh, too well. No fiddlesticks. Uh, Diego Schwartzman. It's a shambles. Diego Schwartzman. Jews. Yeah, Diego Schwartzman lost in the uh, second round. Uh, Denis Shapovalov, I think, early in Georgia as well. Uh, but partially of Jewish descent, Taylor Fritz is onto the quarterfinals. Fabulous. Um, I don't, yeah, I don't, I think we've talked about him before. I don't really know how he identifies or if he does, um, but comes from a partially Jewish family. Uh, his, uh, his, his mother was a tennis player as well. Um, and her, sorry, her, her name is Kathy May. She's descended from David May, who was the founder of the, uh, May department stores that, w- that went on to merge with Macy's. Um, they're sort of famous philanthropic Jewish family of New York, you know, from the early, early part of the 20th century. So he has that heritage. Uh, he's playing Rafael Nadal tomorrow morning, our time probably already happened by the time people are listening to this, but good luck to him. If he can take down Nadal, that would really be something. Um, but obviously that is tough sledding. Uh, so we'll see how it does. Um, you know, I think there's a few other guys in the Wimbledon bracket who, who sort of Jewish sounding. One one person that I wanted to talk about was Belgian tennis player David Goffin, who just lost in the quarterfinals. Um, I don't have any real reason to believe that he is Jewish, aside from his name being David Goffin, uh, which, you know, sort of sounds Geffeny, which is pretty Jewish, but uh, no real knowledge on whether or not he is or is not. Obviously, the Belgian Jewish community is pretty small. But if anyone has any knowledge about David Goffin being Jewish, uh, feel free to let us know. That is something we would love to track down and send a reporter to go <laughs> interrogate him. Um, aside from that, uh, not a lot going on in the sports world. You know, if it's not the dog days of summer, it is the baseball exclusive days of summer. Um, but one other thing in international sports that I want to mention was that the Israel under 19 soccer team made it all the way to the finals in the uh, UEFA Cup which was a real achievement. It was the first time that Israel had ever made it to the finals. Uh, it, I think it was they had never even reached the semifinals of uh, UEFA U19 team. And this is a team, uh, just so I'm clear, that is a 
um, comprised of players that are under 19 years old. So it's really the, you know, the young guys who are coming up in the world of soccer. Um, you know, this is a tournament that, that takes place uh, every few years. And to make it to the finals is pretty impressive just because, uh, you know, they really did. They really did great to do that. So congratulations to the, to the Israel team for making it that far. Uh I think that speaks pretty well about what it means for Israel's team uh, in the future. You know, they, they ended up losing to England, you know, obviously a soccer powerhouse. But to make it to the finals, incredibly impressive. Uh, you know, youngster Oscar Glue, uh, or Glo, Glo, I'm not sure. It's In English, it's G-L-U-H. I'm not sure on the Hebrew pronunciation. Um, but he scored uh, three goals in the tournament. And, you know, these are guys who are going to be in the international team in the future. And that's a team that, you know, hasn't had a lot of success recently, but... I think is going to you know do their best to compete for a spot in 2026 uh, in the expanded, likely expanded World Cup uh, finals field. So let's take it now to our interviews with our Maccabi participants. All right, we are joined now by three athletes who are going to be representing Canada at the Maccabia Games. Uh, we're joined by Lauren Weisbarth and Melissa Ronsberg of the women's hockey team and Mike Zbrigger of the men's master's hockey team. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. Thank you for having Thanks us. Thanks for having us. Thanks. I just want, want to start off, the three of you, any of you could answer if any of you know, but first, you're coming on this podcast. Have you guys met before? Lauren and Melissa, obviously, yes. But, you know, to what degree do you have any visibility to the rest of the Canadian national team? Or are we sort of introducing men's and women's hockey live on the air? This this is the first intro for us. Yeah. Yeah. And even, uh, even with the women's hockey team, we've only met each other a few times. So. So I assume part of that's probably because of COVID or just in terms of getting a team together like this of, of Jews from all over the country, that it's hard to get everyone together for a lot of practice before you actually set off to Israel and, uh, you know, get the games underway. Yeah, with the women's team, we have players who live everywhere from Boston to BC, Ontario. So we, we have a good chunk here in Toronto area, but it's really spread out with Montreal, Ottawa, like I said, Boston. So it was nice to have a couple weekends to get everyone here and get to know each other a little bit before we head over. And then, of course, we've got this weekend coming too that I think we're pretty excited for to get on nice a couple times before we fly out. And when are you, when are you, when do you fly out to Israel? Monday. Oh, wow. So very soon. And you're there, you're there for a few weeks, I guess, getting ready for the games uh, and then starting to play. That's right. Uh, Lauren, do you know how many uh, teams are participating in the women's hockey tournament this year? Yeah, we've got three. Um, we've Israel, the U.S., and then Canada. So I think it'll be uh, competitive and I think we're going to have a really good time getting getting to know some of the other players, too. Right. And Mike, do you know, is it the same U.S., Canada, and Israel? There's also like a there's also like a wild card team, the... Uh... The world team, it's a, guy, a bunch of European guys. I'm not sure what, what they'll look like, but yeah. And on our side, just to backtrack, it's mostly we're mostly Montreal-Toronto guys. We've got one Ottawa guy and two mm-hmm. Winnipeg guys, and that pretty much sums up the team. So we've had a few get-togethers. Uh, our team's been together several times, so we're, we've bonded already quite a bit, which is nice. And then I'm sure the girls will get to do the same. That's great. Mike, do any of you, do any of you play together regularly uh, of the men who are going on the team together? Yeah, so the Montreal guys, we um, I kind of run a fun Sunday skate here, so most of the guys are in that, and just building up to it, we've been training a bit on the side and, and doing our things. So we've been together quite you know quite a bit lately. But so yeah, a bunch of us. I mean, I would say all the Montreal guys knew each other bef- before going into this thing. That's that's awesome. And and I, I got a question specifically for 
Lauren first and then Melissa. Lauren, so we know Melissa's in Toronto. Mike's in Montreal. Where are you? I'm also in Toronto, uh, born gotcha. and raised. And, and so specifically from Lauren and Melissa, you know, I asked this. James and I both went to McGill. We know you guys, it seems, are playing for Peter Smith, uh, who is sort of a McGill legend and a Team Canada legend. Is he Jewish? No. No, he's not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's not Jewish, but he's definitely embracing getting to learn some new things. And um, he actually brought For on sure. another person from McGill whose name is escaping me okay, to so do even... um, a chat with us when we did one of our Zoom calls getting to know each other. So he's definitely embracing it. And I think he's excited to experience Israel. And I think his wife's coming along, too, for a little bit. So they'll both get to see what it's all about. Yeah, if he's, if he's pissed off on the bench, it's a great opportunity to give him some, like, nonsense Yiddish curses that he can mutter under his breath or maybe scream at, at some of the players. We're going to have to teach him some fun Hebrew and some fun Yiddish words when he uh, needs to totally. needs to maybe discipline us on the ice a little bit. We'll have to give him some <laughs> vocabulary to help with that. Might be better for us not to tell him, though, too. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Because <laughs> then we can also use those words if we get annoyed at him. and He won't even know what we're saying. <laughs> uh, anything in particular you guys are looking forward to uh, in terms of going to Israel? Are you going to have much opportunity to uh, travel around or see the sites or anything like that? Uh, first and foremost, I'm looking forward to obviously like the hockey. It's the first time we've ever had women's hockey be there. And I actually looked back at some of my old emails. I tried to contact Maccabee Canada to get this going in 2016. So to see it finally oh, wow. That's great. being a thing, I I'm pretty excited to see it coming. And um, like there's a girl on the U.S. side or a couple that I know and was working with along the ride to get this going. So I'm excited to meet them face to face. And then I actually have some family in Israel who I've never actually met. So I'm hoping that that'll give me the wow. opportunity to meet them as well. And um, I mean, I've been to Israel once before and I loved experiencing it and it's been a number of years. So I'm excited to see everything again and see how much Israel continues to develop, obviously, and get to experience it along with some friends as well. There's a couple of girls on the team who I've known for a number of years, one of which I coach with, one of which I played university with. So to see them experience it, one of them for the first time, they'd never been to Israel. So I think that's going to be really fun to see a first time Israel person going to Israel and experiencing it. I, I really I really like the idea of your Israeli relatives um, going to meet their Canadian cousin for the first time and being like, oh yeah, where are you going to see her? Yeah, she's playing hockey uh, right now for the, you know, Maccabi Games. That's where we're going to meet her for you the know, first time. It's a real, what, it's a very, it's a, it's the most Canadian way to, to be an ambassador. I think we're going to get some big crowds because uh, Israel in July is a hot one and we've got a nice cool <laughs> rink there. I think we're going to get some big crowds, which is going to be awesome. That's a that's a great point. I have a hard time believing there'll be a place colder. It better be. <laughs> We're going to be working I think hard, that's a great so. idea of, of, you know, for that's a great way to advertise the games for, for people who might just be walking by. Just say, you know, it's very cold in there. It's very hot outside. Come cheer on some great Jewish athletes from around the world, uh, you know, taking part in this hockey tournament. Uh, how, how many games are, are you going to be playing? Do you know, Lauren, is it, uh, I mean, three teams, is there a round robin where you play each other a few times? Yeah, so we, we play uh, the U.S. twice, we'll play Israel twice, and then um, out of the three teams, the two with the best record will then play a gold medal game. We're hoping we're one of those teams. Very cool. And we should say that the majority of um, people playing for the Maccabi Games are not professional athletes, as as I believe all three of you are are, are not. Um, Mike, what's your what's your day job that you're you're doing when you're not busy playing hockey? So I actually played till I was thirty. I played. I bummed around the minors, like those East Coast leagues, and a couple of years in Europe and stuff like that. But 
after my college days, but now I'm a financial security advisor. So I do like full financial planning, which ranges from, you know, life insurance planning, disability, and then obviously the full range of investment planning as well. So it's been, uh, since I hung up the skates, like professionally, when I, I made it till I was 30 and now it's, you know, a good 10, 11 years later. So it's, it's been a grind since in the real world. Uh, Melissa, what about you? Uh, I also played a little bit professionally after I graduated university. So I did two years in the CWHL, one year of which we won the uh, Clarkson Cup. And then since then, I work as a sales rep for, it's called Athletic Knit. So it's a sport uniform and apparel company. And then on the side, I actually still coach. So I coach U18 AA girls, which is one of the higher levels for girls hockey. So I'm still very much involved, just more on the coaching side than playing side nowadays. That's great. And, and Lauren, what about you? Yeah, I work, um, I work in advertising. I work um, in media planning for an ad agency. Um, so I rep um, Amazon as my client. So keep us busy and it's a lot of fun. I understand that, that women's hockey tends to be very highly educated, you know, especially at very high levels. You've, you know, national teams have got players from Harvard, players from Princeton, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's fair to assume that the Jewish teams would also be fairly highly educated, but sort of for cultural reasons. I mean, we do have a Harvard on our team. <laughs> um, <laughs> there you go. I think for, like, for, she, she for like girls hockey, about it. yeah, she <laughs> won't tell you, but we will. Um, I, I think for girls hockey, like that is our NHL. Like, yeah, there was the CWHL, there's the PHF and and the PWHPA, but, or going to Europe. But for us, like the goal growing up is to get a scholarship and to try to play for the national team. So girls have to concentrate on school because a school is not going to touch you if your grades aren't up there too. And that's like, as a coach, something I always tell my kids, like you have to have the grades to be able to actually go somewhere. Even if you're the best player, your offers go down if you can't qualify with the grades. So I think for girls, hockey in general, that gets put in our brain and definitely the Jewish background. I think a lot of us, yeah, or, just, or put just that, to add to that, that as well. Yeah, just to add to that, I think it's also a bit more challenging just because there aren't as many avenues of professional hockey for women, unfortunately. So I think the mindset has to be focused on academics and getting a scholarship like Melissa's point to make sure that, you know, we have options and plans for the future. It's, as much as we want to play hockey forever, uh, it's not necessarily forever for everybody. Yeah, like even as a professional athlete in women's hockey, you have to have another job. <laughs> I think that's a really, really important insight right? Um, and, a, and a valuable one and sort of leads us nicely into our next question. Like we're thrilled to have you guys on the podcast and we know you mentioned earlier that you're so happy that it's it's great that women's hockey is now in the Maccabi Games. But to and sort of all three of you, we'll start with Lauren and then go to uh, Mike and then Melissa, just cause in the order you're on my screen. Um, how does it mean to you to be, you know, is this your first time at an all Jewish tournament? And what does it sort of mean to you to be representing both Canadian Jews, but sort of global Jews in this, you know, this international event? I was in Israel five years ago. I had the chance to play softball for Team Canada. Um, and similar oh, cool. to Melissa, I, my first question to Maccabi Canada when I was making my application back in 2016 was, is there women's hockey? And they said no. Um, and so I said, okay, I'll play softball. I love softball. I competed at the division three level, but hockey has always been, um, my, my favorite sport. It's been my dream. Like it was always my dream growing up to play for team Canada. Um, and this is the closest I'm mm -hmm. going to get. Um, and so it means a lot to me just on like a personal level about getting to play for team Canada, but even more from like a cultural and social perspective, 
um, bringing the sport of hockey to Israel is very important too, because a huge part of being, particularly being a women's hockey player is we're all incredibly passionate about the game, but even more passionate about wanting to grow the game wherever we can. So I think Melissa, not to speak for you, but I think all of us kind of recognize that we have a really cool opportunity to introduce the sport to kind of a new generation of young girls and young women in Israel who maybe have never seen a hockey game or don't even know what a, a hockey puck looks like. And maybe we give them the, op- the we, we make them see that it's possible that they can go out and they can play and have fun and compete. So on a personal level, it means a lot to be like representing Canada um, as like, you know, part of my childhood dream when I was eight years old, but even further is to go as part of, you know, my cultural experience and my background as a Jewish athlete to be able to bring the sport that I love to that country means a lot. I I feel the same way, honestly, obviously on the men's side, but for me, I'm a first timer going to Israel. So, you know, using hockey as a means to get over there has kind of been the story of my life. That's kind of how I've seen the world so far and gone to Europe and, and I've kind of used hockey as my way to get over there. And this is a little extra special, obviously going to Israel, you know, being a Jewish athlete, uh, and anytime you put on the Canadian jersey, like it doesn't even matter what level. It's just there's something special about it. So I look at it that way. Obviously, growing up as a female hockey player, the goal is always to play for Team Canada, go to the Olympics. And obviously didn't quite get there. But to be able to represent Team Canada in this way and also being able to represent my Jewish heritage and culture, for me, such an amazing experience um, and like an honor to be able to do it. And then beyond that, like growing hockey in Israel, like I remember when I went a while back seeing people skating around. I went, of course, we had Shabbat. We were allowed to go either skate, swim, or work out. I was one of the four people who Mm -hmm. obviously went skating. (laughs) And (laughs) just seeing people skating then, and there wasn't a lot of girls on the ice, but to see that they've been able to create a national team uh, recently for the first time and compete in the double IHFs, it's amazing to see. And something I'd love to be part of, like I said, I coach now, and like that would be a dream come true to be able to even help develop it further as a coach in the future. And I think this is a big stepping stone in bringing more attention to women's hockey in Israel to be able to grow that program so that they can have teams at every age group. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how that might have a trickle down effect for future years. So as a, as a coach, uh, Melissa, I think you get to join the Jewish tradition of uh, looking out for young Jewish players to recruit for future Maccabi teams or, uh, you know, future international teams or, or Team Israel teams uh, because they'd qualify for that. And we, we've heard a lot about people just sort of, you know, pouring over prospect lists, trying to find, you know, world baseball, classic baseball players or, you know, Jews, Jews to fill out uh, a, a team when it's a sport that Israel doesn't really play that much uh, naturally. But uh I'm sure that's something you'll you'll have to continue to monitor as you need to coach. Guilty, I've already started doing it. I coach in Leaside, which is Toronto area that has a good number of Jewish kids. And then I know sure. coaches in North York, which is another good group of Jewish kids. And I actually ran uh, the last handful of weekends development skates. And I noticed one girl who I didn't know wearing a Jewish uh, Hebrew necklace, her Hebrew name. And so I started talking awesome. to her and told her about it. Um, there's a few girls I coach who are U18 and U15 AA, so solid players who are Jewish or I learned have one Jewish parent or one Jewish grandparent. I'm like, oh, you have to do birthright and we have to talk about the Maccabee games come time. Like I've already started recruiting for future years. So Melissa's the official scout. That's great. I mean, unlike you three with, with all pretty typical uh, Jewish last names, you got to watch out for the, the non, non-Jewish names, you know, the Hughes brothers or Mike Camilleri or someone like that. Like they're, we're everywhere and uh, you always got to be on the lookout. So um, speaking of on the lookout, you know, uh, 
aside from your sport, you're going to Israel with 10,000 global athletes. Is there any particular people or sort of, I don't want to say genre of people, but any sort of like, who are you looking forward to meeting or seeing the most? Uh, let's start with Mike. That's a tough one, honestly. Like, I don't really know much. I don't really know what to expect in terms of like the socialization, socializing aspect of it, like with mingling with other teams and stuff. Like for us, like we're the masters, we're the old washed up guys. So we're kind of on our own on this. Like we've got our own hotel in Tel Aviv. So like, I feel like for us, it's going to be mostly just our team hanging out. I'm not sure how much we're going to get to, to kind of like trickle over to the other side and, and be All with the rest of the All of the young athletes. people are going to go to clubs and you guys will just like get some hummus somewhere. Listen, we're going to be on Skype with our uh, with our kids back home, you know, so it's uh, a little <laughs> different. But yeah, no, I mean, listen, I'd love to get to know all the other athletes. It's great just to meet these two right now again. Like, uh, I've just gotten to know my team so far. So if we can branch out and meet a bunch of other teams, especially the Canadian teams, and obviously the other countries would be great too, you know? That's awesome, uh, Lauren. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would love to meet, you know, obviously, like, the other teams that we're going to be playing against. So, these you know, the Israeli, I'd love to talk to the Israeli women's team just to learn kind of about their stories. Um, and, you know, with Team USA, I'm sure we'll, we'll compete against them. And I'd love to meet some of them as well just to get to know them a bit. But, um, I mean, I'm really looking forward to watching the men's hockey teams play, whether it's the Masters with Mike and his team and the Open and even the junior boys. Um just like very interested in watching the hockey tournament as a whole. But um, I'm really hoping that I'm going to get more of a chance to kind of explore and see some of the other teams compete. Um, you know, I always love watching sports in general. So I'm just really excited to see all of these athletes compete in general. Are, are you going to, will you be pressed into service on the softball team in, in an emergency? <laughs> it's funny. Uh, I was asked if I should, you know, bring a spare glove and a spare set of cleats, but you know, they're, they're in a different part of the country from what I understand. It might be a bit of a schlep to get up there, but um, you know, if they needed me, I'd, I'd sub in, but I don't think coach coach Smith would like that very much. <laughs> I think he'd rather right. I stay healthy and focus on hockey. Um, yeah. We already have a short. And, and Melissa, sorry. Back. I'm not sure if, if we, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, and Melissa, for you, any, anyone you're excited to meet or, or things you're excited to see when you're there? I'm really excited to get to know uh, the Israeli team and see how they're continuing to develop. I know they have a very young team, so kind of getting to know them and even giving them some advice or some thoughts from my experience, because a lot of them are younger, like they could decide to go off to try to play college hockey somewhere. So giving them some kind of tips and feedback and being able to share experiences as well as like uh, Lauren said, being able to watch the other hockey teams. And I think it would be cool to even go watch some other sports. I've watched rugby once in my life and it's intense. And I'd love to go watch some rugby and see what mm -hmm. else is out there. And like, of course, exploring Israel, of course, like that's half of why we're there. Half obviously to bring home a gold medal and half to get to know the area. I, I feel like playing an Israeli rugby team would be very scary. Like your, your average Israeli person, I think, would hit pretty hard sort of instinctually. Yeah, I think rugby in general is a scary that's... sport, but I think I agree with you. <laughs> and, th and that's coming from a hockey player. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, went, I, have a friend who played, I, I have a friend who played rugby, and I went and watched one game. And like partway through the game, I just see a girl grab the back of someone's jersey and pull her back. I'm like, that's allowed? Like, how? So, yeah, that's a sport I'm a little scared of. Hockey, at least I've got my equipment, and there, there's rules to protect me from stuff like that. Good point. Well, I, I think we're going to wrap it up there, but I want to thank you all again so much for joining us. 
Um, congratulations to all of you for, for making it to the Maccabi Games. Uh, have a safe flight and uh, have a great time. You know, I, we're all very proud and, and rooting for the Canadian teams, obviously here, uh, but really rooting for, a, you know, a great games overall and an amazing experience. So, uh, again, congratulations. And, and we, hope, we hope you all do us proud. It's hockey. Um, you're, you're each competing in, I think, with two other countries. So please bring home some medals uh, and, and, and try, to, try to make them as, as shiny as possible. It, it feels like Team Canada would find a way to come in fourth, but I, I believe you guys <laughs> won't. We're not the least. We're, hockey. We're not going to happen. Anyway, thanks for having us, guys. Appreciate it, eh? Thanks again to Melissa, Lauren, and Mike for joining us. Uh, I, I think I say this on behalf of all Canadian Jews, certainly all Canadian Jewish sports fans. We're really excited to see how our hockey teams do in Israel. Uh, we wish them the best of luck in playing their games. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the games that they're going to be playing are going to be early morning games, Israel time, uh, which means that they're very, very early uh, Canada time. But we are going to do our best to make everyone aware of how they can watch those games. Lauren mentioned after we were done our interview that uh, the Maccabi Canada uh, team is going to be doing their best to uh, make some games available for streaming uh, online. So we'll make sure that we, you know, send it out in our tweets and, and usual media feeds with the Canadian Jewish News, uh, especially for hockey and for our guests who just joined us to get their feeds out there. Um, until next time, we will, you know, be continuing to give you Maccabia content as the Maccabia games unfold over the next few weeks. And you can follow all of that uh, on Facebook, CJM Lounge, and more importantly, our Twitter account, uh, Mentormers on Twitter. Um, please like and subscribe to our podcast and uh, subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you again soon. Sorry, I didn't give you the credit. Uh, do you want to punch it in? You can do it now. Three, two, one. As always, we're brought to you by the Canadian Jewish News. Uh, our producer is Michael Freeman, and you can find all CJN content at the CJN.ca.